0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 Plus Age Varies by Jurisdiction Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: What is good, everybody? This is The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me, as always, RJ Ochoa. What's up, RJ? Stats, always great to be with you. Always great
2: to see your beautiful face. I know nobody can see it except for me, so I feel incredibly privileged. I have an announcement to make, Stats, on behalf of you and I, together. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Well, so you root for the worst team in the NFC West. Um, I root for the best team in the NFL um, in terms of our own personal fandoms, but... Uh, stats we have an official team of the look ahead that we have decided is the team we are going to root for together collectively here in 2021 I've decided this on behalf of you and I <laughs> congratulations to the Baltimore Ravens the official team of the look ahead and why are you giving the Ravens such love well we always like to shout out ratings and reviews that happen here on the ESPN NFL show not quite a particular you know review But a shout out to our friend Kyle Barber from Baltimore Beatdown, who in an article at BaltimoreRavens.com stats shouted out the look ahead for shouting out Lamar Jackson. Now, I have ridden. uh, I was going to say ride and ridden at the same time, so I sounded weird. I have ridden with Lamar Jackson from day one. You're new to this. You hopped on the bandwagon. That's fine. You got on before Lamar started to shut everybody up this season. That's what matters most. You're not anymore the evil version of yourself that participates in the oddcast on Tuesdays you recognize the greatness of Lamar Jackson just like I have all along so Lamar the Ravens
1: they are the team of the look ahead I'm just saying I was quoted first so I mean whose quote was longer though in the article well I I think you need to work on your economy of speech there RJ Mm, I don't think so land the plane already come on
2: yeah, I actually have been talking a lot. I actually ordered uh, some tea because my throat hurts so much with all the podcasting that we're doing around here. The guy, we're just working all the time. Stats football season's here.
1: Honestly, we could go into a really kind of pathetic slash dorky conversation about like throat maintenance because of this job. I have a variety of teas upstairs at the ready, just in case, you know, sometimes you need a little, a little something here to get you through a show.
2: Yeah, I'm now talking to the listener, not to you, Stats. You haven't lived until you've recorded a show with stats at midnight where he's got a blanket <laughs> around his shoulders he looks like uh emperor palpatine and he's just like holding a-, a cup of tea in between his two hands uh with a little candle you know powering his <laughs> uh his level of vision so
1: those are the good times something something dark side something something all right uh if you're new to the look ahead you're probably gone by now but if you aren't uh, this is what we usually do is look ahead to the week to come in football preview every game the biggest matchups the biggest storylines except this year rj there is no game this weekend because the nfl got rid of the fourth preseason game so you know we can loosen up the collar unbutton the top button take off your pants whatever you want to do there's nothing
2: like uh when you get home after a long day you kick off the shoes don't even untie them take off the pants sit on the recliner kick it open get a blanket pass out that's this version of the look ahead this is the last version of the look ahead without a game happening on the day that the look ahead is published which is very exciting
1: yes it is and in honor of that what we're going to do is we are going to look ahead to the 10 things that we are looking forward to this year in 2021 you have five things i have five things i give you the floor first what is the first thing you are looking forward to this year well so we are
2: big believers i'm a bigger believer in the baltimore ravens this (laughs) season um i believe the baltimore ravens are going to make it to the afc championship game however i believe they are going to lose that game to the buffalo bills i've been high on the bills for a long time now i think this is their year i have a chief's take if that isn't obvious based on this particular afc conference matchup that i have predicted um I I certainly think that Josh Allen will regress in terms of accuracy. I agree with what you and BLG have said before. It's not like he's going to improve again. That was such a dramatic jump. But I I believe Josh Allen to be among the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. I believe the Buffalo roster to be fantastic. Obviously, we're assuming and allotting for health, or normalized health at least. And I just really, really like this team. And again, I'll get to the Chiefs in a little bit, but I think it's a combination of of Buffalo ascending with Kansas City's just – it's people don't realize like how difficult it is to stay there and, and to continually come back and do it over and over and over again. We saw the Chiefs get a little bit bored last year, and maybe the challenge of losing the Super Bowl does invigorate them, but I just think that there's the, the talent in the AFC is rising so much. I know Baltimore has lost J.K. Dobbins for the year already, but I really believe in Josh Allen. I really believe in Lamar Jackson. I think they'll be squaring off uh, in a rematch of last year's
1: playoff matchup, but I think Buffalo wins again that was one of my things that I'm looking forward to is sort of, I want to know what to think of Josh Allen, right? Like he, he struggled his first couple of years in the league last year. He was fantastic. Like, I don't know what to think of him. So this year is going to be like the decider for me, kind of like, is he closer to the guy we saw last year or is he closer to the guy we saw in his first two years? And I won't know until the end of this season, but I'm definitely looking forward to finding out because He does some amazing things on the field last year. And I'm convinced, by the way, that the reason the 49ers now have a mobile quarterback on their roster is because he went out and absolutely destroyed the 49ers on Monday Night Football last year. And Kyle Shanahan was watching that game and he was like, we can't do anything against this guy. There's nothing we can do to stop him. He tore them up and I think it really changed Kyle Shanahan's thinking on the whole thing. That game,
2: by the way, a home game for San Francisco in Arizona, which yeah. is the situation that the New Orleans Saints will be dealing with. Not the exact situation, uh, but playing a home game in Jacksonville in week one, we found out on Wednesday. So I don't know the last time that there were two consecutive years in the NFL where a team played a home game in a different state. Um, but, you know, that is certainly the case now. Um, Buffalo, man. I, I also like we talk so much about Josh Allen and the defense. Stephon Diggs is so good. I mean, like unbelievably good. Sean McDermott, I I feel like he kind of went from being underrated to I wouldn't say overrated, but he went from underrated to just like he skipped past the like the part where everybody gives him props. You know what I mean? Like that (laughs) that, that didn't happen. Um, So I feel like Sean McDermott is now sort of somewhat underrated. Um, I just I really like every single facet of this particular team.
1: Yeah, he doesn't get mentioned for some reason in, like, the young head coaches with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Like, he's he's every bit as good as them, for sure. And I've been on the Sean McDermott train, by the way, for a long time. So, feel free to hop on. There's plenty of room on that bandwagon. My first thing I'm looking forward to this year is seeing Justin Herbert win the MVP. I think he is going to – we've seen quarterbacks make big jumps in their second year before – I think he is absolutely fantastic. I think he finally has a competent head coach, which he did not have before in Anthony Lynn. I mean, we might not even have gotten to see Justin Herbert if Tyrod Taylor's lung doesn't get punctured by one of the team doctors before the game. So I'm super high on Justin Herbert. The Chargers have the roster around him to be able to let him achieve the kind of numbers he's going to have to put up to win the MVP and, Especially R.J. If the Chargers somehow manage to knock the Chiefs off the top perch in the AFC West, I think you can book the MVP for Justin Herbert. I don't
2: want to backtrack my own Chargers hype because I've been a believer for a long time, um, as as you have, as BLG has. In fact, most of the explanation NFL show that isn't Pete Sweeney has been a believer in the Chargers putting a dent in Kansas City's sort of um, you know uh, authority over the AFC West. I just they they also kind of similarly they went from you know ragtag group of you know inspiring wild card undercard guys to like now we're resting everybody in the preseason and I get that like there's a <laughs> legitimate you know what I mean but like they they went from like that to like you know varsity like you know and it just I don't know like the 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 ride hasn't felt as normal as other ones um, I I I really am fascinated to see Justin Herbert I think you're right he certainly can challenge for MVP uh, and I think that. I honestly think that they're the more likely team to have the home game in that stadium in the Super Bowl. I think they're more likely to get there than the Rams are, personally. Wow. Um, but and and that's the thing too: the Rams, if they made it, would not even be the home team because I believe the AFC team is the home team in Super Bowl fifty-six. Um, so that would be awkward. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just if if it doesn't materialize, I'm worried for the way people will view team building because people overreact every year to the NFL. And so, you know, it, it, it's such a copycat league. that It's like, okay, well that, that path led to success, yielded success. We have to follow that path. And I'm worried that if the chargers path doesn't yield success, that people might steer away
1: from the things they've done, which have been really smart and really visionary. I think the way to success is pretty clear, right? Draft a quarterback in the first round, have that guy actually be good. And then you can fill in the roster around him with everything that you need to, because you don't have to pay this guy an arm and a leg. And then you've got a five-year window to win a Super Bowl.
2: I uh, I did a radio hit earlier this week and and somebody asked me, you know, when did we get to this point where the NFL had this trend where, where teams were kind of starting their rookie quarterbacks right away? Again, every team seemingly except for the 49ers, sorry, stats. And I think it was it was it was Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, right? Like that was that was what opened everybody's eyes to okay. And at the time, you know, this new world of collective bargaining agreement status where there's a rookie wage scale, the, your rookie contract, that's your window. And so the Chargers have that window now. I mean, they have to take advantage of it. And I don't know. I, I'm this will be a really interesting year too to measure Justin Herbert against Joe Burrow. Like, I think it's possible that Justin Herbert maybe separates himself from Burrow and, and cements himself as the best quarterback from the 2020 class.
1: Yeah. I don't, to me, I don't, even when Burrow was healthy and playing, I still think Justin Herbert was better than he is. Uh, but we will find out what do you have as your next thing that you're looking forward to?
2: Uh, well, I'll go ahead and talk about the chiefs since I already kind of gave it away. And I don't know that I'm looking forward to this as much as I'm intrigued to see it. So I'm kind of amending uh, what we have decided was the terms of this episode. Back-tracking, but, okay. Uh, big shock that I have uh, changed the rules as we've been moving along and I do think it's difficult. I think it's so they obviously you know you talk about paths. The Chiefs are on the path that Russell Wilson Seahawks were on, right? Win the Super Bowl early on. Granted, early version Russell Wilson was not what Patrick Mahomes is, and then get back and lose, and you know in a really disappointing fashion. Um, incidentally, both times to Tom Brady, and so I, I I don't know that I I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's so if we don't see teams able to repeat this over and over and over again. And the general trend historically of teams in this position is that this is the year of regression is too harsh of a way to put it, but the, the year of, you know, fizzling out again is not the right way to put it, but losing in the division around, you know what I mean? They've played in three straight AFC championship games. That's so difficult. And so, I mean, I, I could see this being the year where they don't get there because it's so hard to just, survive let alone you know on its own in the nfl but play at that high of a level for that elongated period of a time
1: right it's and it's not a knock on the chiefs to be like oh they only got to the divisional round like right. no it's you just don't do this again and again and again even though patrick mahomes is still really freaking good like stuff happens even the really good teams you need a lot of random things to go your way a bad call injury luck Maybe you happen to get one big play from a guy that ends up getting cut from your team a couple of weeks later. Like stars have to align even for the really good teams to be this consistently good. And so far they have for the Chiefs. But I don't think it's crazy to say that somehow the planets could be out of alignment, you know, this year. That's not the worst thing in the world.
2: Yeah. And they'll be back the next year. You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of the way it goes. We are at Super Bowl 56 and nobody's ever won three of them in a row because it's hard. It's it's so difficult to win two in a row. You know what I mean? It's so difficult to even get to two in a row because you're right. There is a factor of luck. Um, There's also the factor of injuries. I mean, you know. And, and I don't want any team to get injured, but like some teams get raw deals. Like you and I know that better than anybody else based on last season. You know what I mean? Like you can have the rug pulled out from you at a moment's notice. And then people wonder what happened. Well, you know what happened is we were missing all the really good guys. And so I just think, you know, I think time is again, I don't want to say time is catching up to the chiefs. Like they've cheated or gotten away with something. They've, they've excelled in ways that most people can't and won't. Um, but, there is generally an expiration date on that. And I feel like that is coming this year, especially with teams. It's so hard to be the hunted over and over and over and over again. Buffalo's coming. Baltimore's coming. Cleveland's coming. Tennessee's coming. Pittsburgh still wants to come back. I mean, new England, I guess is coming. Vegas is cute. I mean, you know, no. like they're, <laughs> they're um, not anyway. well, they, they come for the chiefs though. And like, that's true. That's that, true. That, that that's an, an important point to me is like, you know, and, I think I can say this as a Cowboys fan, like generally every team that plays the Cowboys, it's their, I hate the phrase, like it's their Super Bowl, but it's, we're at AT AT&T Stadium, we're on national TV, you know, like everybody's juiced and gassed up to a different degree. And it's that same sort of effect, like I want to be the guy to sack Patrick Mahomes, I want to be the guy to pick off Patrick Mahomes, like, and the Raiders play that way. And if you get that every single
1: week, it just, it has a toll. And I'm going to point out the greatest dynasty we've seen in the history of the NFL, the New England Patriots, went 10 years between Super Bowl titles. That's the greatest dynasty we've ever seen. So, like, yeah, the Chiefs are going to have a couple down years. It's, it's, and again, down years is a, a relative, is relative term. Right. All right. My next one that I want to get to, I'm looking forward very much. I'm going to go to the NFC, give them a little love because I've been AFC centered so far. I'm looking forward to Andy Dalton getting benched. I don't know why NFL teams make this mistake again and again and again with rookie quarterbacks. Oh, we don't want to put the rookie quarterback in. He has to sit and learn. We have we have insert generic quarterback that people will forget they ever played a year after they retired. Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton. We have these guys. No. Put the rookies in. And Andy, we all know Andy Dalton's getting benched, whether it's going to be one week, two weeks, or three weeks. But I bet you by week four – Justin Fields is going to be in there for Chicago, and I want to see it. I like teams with good quarterback play, even when they're in the NFC. Like The league is better when you have dynamic, incredible players at quarterback. Andy Dalton ain't it, and Justin Fields is. And I'm looking forward to the day when either Matt Nagy does it, or if he gets canned, the interim head coach, I guarantee you, will throw Justin Fields in there immediately.
2: I want to give a shout out to Ted Wynn from The Athletic. Had a great write up last week uh, about the advantages to Justin Fields sitting, and you know, because we we do hear that right, like he has an opportunity to learn. He might not be ready to be thrown to the wolves, like all the cliches. And there was a lot of you know justification to that idea that is a cliche to some people uh, from Ted. So if you have an Athletic subscription, certainly encourage you to go read that. You should have an Athletic subscription. They do great work. Um, but ultimately. Once I get past the like, well, actually, blah, 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 I get back to like a bare bones place that you're kind of not coming from, but where you're at in this particular moment, like, yeah, like, it, I mean, and what what's worse is conventionally, we're speaking like from a, a a more generality standpoint, we see the, the coach in this particular case, Matt Nagy, get desperate. And so then like, if you're if you're trying to like be up on Mount Pius right now, and you're trying to be super noble, like, hey, man, I'm trying to look out. For Justin Fields. I, I don't care about me and my future. I care about him and his future. Well, then what happens is the coach starts to sense or smell the blood in the water around him. And it's like, you know what? I got to do this. I don't care if he's ready or not. Like, I, <laughs> yep. I got to save myself. And then you really throw him in in an awkward situation. And so it it's just, it's, it's silly. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, actually amazing to me that one of the head coaches who understands this principle is Urban Meyer where Matt Nagy doesn't and where, no offense, Kyle Shanahan doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, you, you've you put all this time and energy and, in the case of at least Kyle Shanahan, a number of resources into getting these particular players. Why are you wasting time? Maybe Kyle Shanahan, you can argue, has the benefit of time or the, the assumed the benefit of time, but, I mean, I – it, it's going to happen like this is this is one of the more predictable things to happen in the NFL, just like it was. You mentioned Tyrod Taylor to Rod, excuse me, when he got benched in Cleveland for Baker Mayfield. That was, and, you know, and it wasn't like he got benched. He got hurt in that game and, and Baker came in and beat the Jets and whatever it was. The beer fridges were unleashed or whatever. But light like fridges. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like. This is so predictable. There will be a moment where Andy Dalton is either benched or can't play. Justin Fields will come in and will be a hero. And then the next Monday morning in Chicago, all the talk radio will be, you know, Matt Nagy has to start Fields now. Like, he, he has to go with him. And then on Wednesday, he'll have a press conference be like, yeah, uh, Justin's going to start a quarterback
1: for us. And was going to be like, <laughs> right. yeah, we know. This is so
2: predictable. Quit wasting our time.
1: But he's going to try and sell it like, oh, he learned something, you know, that he never would have known. I mean. Humble brag here. I was talking to Matt Ryan earlier this week, and he talked about how he was super glad that he got to play early with the Falcons, who, by the way, you want to talk about a rough situation for a rookie quarterback. The Falcons franchise player got sentenced to jail. And then the day after that, the head coach literally bailed on the team in the middle of the season. It was week 13 and Bobby Petrino got on a plane in the middle of the night and said, sorry, not sorry. And went to go coach. I think Arkansas at the time. Matt Ryan stepped into that and played right away. And by First the way, pass was a touchdown. Yes. Yeah, and led the team to the playoffs immediately. Like if he can do it, I think Justin Fields can come into Chicago and start right away. That's all I'm saying.
2: You know, the Matt Ryan interview, fantastic. Great job stats. Um, but I, even though I knew what you were going to say, I thought what you were going to say was when you said Matt Ryan was so happy, I, like that the Falcons did not draft Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like that, that should, I mean, I just, I don't know. It's, it's silly to me that this is happening but it is what it is. That's a great pick by you. I feel bad for Andy Dalton. Um I feel like he hasn't had and you're not no. going to agree with this. You're not going to agree with this. I feel like he hasn't had the the right opportunities for success for him specifically because I do think he can be successful in certain spells, but last year was not that in Dallas. Again, We all learned, every single person except for Matt Nagy learned last year that Andy Dalton is not fit to lead a team (laughs) for the duration of a season in our current moment, but um, it is what it is. So am I up next? Is that how this works? My number three? Um, Okay, I will uh, stay in the NFC where you are, and I will stay on the subject of um, pessimism since you kind of were super mean to Andy Dalton. I'm looking forward to the Packers imploding. Um, (laughs) Relative- to the the Green Bay Packers because they will still be successful. They will still win more games than they won't, and they will probably still be a playoff team. However, and I'm not trying to be like Aaron Rodgers sucks. Aaron Rodgers wash. Aaron Rodgers passed his prime. The likelihood of Aaron Rodgers repeating what he did last year is low. It's certainly possible, and if anyone could do it, it's probably Aaron Rodgers. However, I mean, if if you're believing in historical data and trends and likelihoods. It's extremely unlikely that Aaron does this. He has written an enormous, enormously sized check. And in one weird way, despite the fact that he's ruined my life as a sports fan, I respect him because I respect that he's kind of like called his shot. And I actually hate the Last Dance documentary for giving us this idea that every single team has to utilize. Like every every team is the last dance. No, you're not. There's one last dance that happened. It's on Netflix or ESPN Plus, whatever. Just watch it. But um, I the bottom's got to come out. Like it I I'm looking forward, let me rephrase. I'm looking forward to the Packers imploding or to be being proven wrong. Because if he does something to justify everything that he put the Green Bay Packers through this off season, it will be truly remarkable. Whatever that thing hypothetically is. Or it will be this, man, dude, you were talking all that crap and you're playing like this. You know what I mean? Like it <laughs> it, it, it will be uh, an interesting weekly roundup on the Pat McAfee show uh, if the Green Bay Packers are losing uh, and to see how because people love to talk about it. he's super calculated Aaron's always thinking he's he's thinking so much about now that the Jeopardy gig is back open he's thinking about that too you know watch out but I mean it will be interesting to see how he starts to shift blame. If things do, if they don't go thirteen and three, if they don't make it to the NFC Championship game, if any of those things reaches a, a boiling point, it will be interesting to see how he handles it.
1: Not enough passes to Randall Cobb, I guess, or maybe Jay Kumaru, uh, the the missing link there, Jay Kumaru. Like, I'm done with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's just so frustrating and annoying. He is so so good, RJ. Everybody should love Aaron Rodgers, and yet. When you look at a guy that's at his skill level, he's not as loved as he should be based on how good he is as a player. And it's because he's kind of an annoying jerk. He's always, you know, he's so passive aggressive. He he always thinks he's like sending these subtle messages when really he's, he's punching you in the face with whatever his point is that he's trying to make. We know what you're doing, Aaron. It's not subtle. It's not even that interesting. And by the way you have a high bar because you've been 13 and three and 13 and three in two years with Lafleur there. And you made the NFC title game in both years. So like you have to at minimum do that. Otherwise your season looks like a failure and you look like a big jerk for causing all this, all these problems in the off season and then not essentially not delivering. So yeah. he's got a high bar there. Yeah. Like what if Randall Cobb has like a fumble that loses them the game? <laughs> right. you know what I mean, like,
2: like is Aaron going to come out and be like, you know what? Good that's on me. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it will be interesting. And I'm interested to see how Packers fans handle this. You know what I mean? Like this is a weird relationship uh, that that is happening here between star player and a fan base. It's, um, it's awkward. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. Uh, but it will make for great television if it goes south, which is,
1: you know, I want, I want to see the drama. That's what I want to see. Can you ever think of a situation where a great quarterback was like, Hey, I'm not happy here. You got to start listening to me and a team being like, all right, we'll go get this player. And the GM expressly saying, I would never have traded for this guy, except for the fact that my quarterback wanted him, because that's exactly what Brian Gutekunst did after the Randall Cobb trade. And then that whole situation works out. Like, what is Aaron Rodgers going to throw the game, the Super Bowl winning touchdown pass to Randall Cobb? Like, that's the only way I feel like Rodgers is justified.
2: I also um, am obviously biased here because if this goes south, I do think that this offers a different perspective. If someone's willing to allow it to on Mike McCarthy, because remember, re- remember the bleacher report, like hit piece on McCarthy about the massages and things like that. Truth bomb. Yeah, I remember it also buried within that was like, man, man, Aaron didn't even listen to the play call. Aaron was was on the ground drawing plays, you know, for guys to run and all this stuff. And I'm not doubting that there's legitimacy to that idea. But, you know, the idea that Mike McCarthy was 100% at fault for this is um, is, is something that could be exonerated. is all I'll say.
1: Would you be stumping for this guy if he was not the current coach of your team? Because that's yeah. really what you're pushing here, RJ. No, because
2: I, I think people get – you get raw deals like that sometimes like and I I thought for a moment that Carson Wentz kind of got a raw deal like that to a degree in Philadelphia, because I, I've said before, like, I think the Eagles, you know, deserve a lot of blame for the way that that went. They are the ones who drafted Jalen Hurts, despite knowing how fragile the psyche of Carson Wentz was like you can debate whether or not that was good for the team or not. Um, so I don't think that, you know, Carson was uh, that the Eagles were a victim of Carson's arrogance or hubris or anything like that. However, I've come more around to that take after seeing Carson's behavior in Indianapolis so far. It certainly looks like he was at the very least. I mean, I think he was majorly at fault. I always thought that. But that majority might have gone from like, in my mind, like 75 percent to 85 to 90 percent. All
1: right, let's do this. Let's take a quick break.
2: And
3: we'll come
1: no, back. Just kidding. We'll finish our list of the 10 things we are most looking forward to this season.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate at $29, go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com. Finishing
1: off our list of the 10 things we are most looking forward to this off season, RJ. All right, you're up. Where are you going next? I'm up. I'm I'm three in the hole. You're only two in the hole. We just took a break, man. Anything can happen.
2: Okay, all right. Um, I have already trashed the Chiefs. I have already (laughs) trashed the Eagles in an accidental way. So I'm just trashing all my friends here at work. Um, So to keep up with that trend, I will trash the 49ers. Um, And I'm not really trashing them. But we talked about this, like the two quarterback system and whatnot. This this is Kind of like we said, okay, Aaron, you got what you wanted in Green Bay. You got your Randall Cobb and everything. Let's see you do it then. You know, let's you called you sh, you called your shot. Now make it. All right, Kyle Shanahan, this was the guy you wanted. You made a big, and not only did you make a big deal about it, you made a big deal about like drawing it out and hogging all the attention and being the center of it all and being kind of an arrogant jerk about it yourself. Like Kyle Shanahan was not kind in the NFL draft process, and you know that um so you got your guy you got what you wanted you still also got to keep your guy in Jimmy Garoppolo so you have everything you could conceivably want you have health on your side you have everything back now it's time it's time for you to be the team that everybody at least Niners Nation says you are the team that went to the Super Bowl in 2019 it's time for this flawless offensive scheme that you devise now that you've got the guy who's like born and bred to operate it there why are you not even like putting him in right away you know what I mean like now if if the 49ers are not and this isn't fair but it's fair for them if they are not really good if they are not challenging for the two or three seed then I think the season's a failure because this is Kyle Shanahan he's he had the benefit of the doubt all the injuries last year and even injuries in 2019 that they overcame but now is your time Kyle Shanahan we have to see this proof of concept because I know you Kate for your guy all the time stats but The overwhelming majority of the era of Kyle Shanahan has not been great from a win-loss standpoint. That's not the end-all, be-all, but now all the excuses are valid, but they have run dry.
1: That's exactly it. The equity has been burned through because you're going in, what is this, year four now for Kyle Shanahan? And two of the last three years have been 10 lost seasons. So that's unacceptable just strictly. It's a bottom line results business and they haven't won. And you're right. They're going into the season relatively healthy. I do think it's weird that he has not given Lance the job straight up because that kind of works against him too. Right. Cause the argument is, well, the 49ers could be a potential Super Bowl team. And so you can't just get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Well then it's like, all right, you better come out and win then. Because if you're, if you're not that team, then you should have started Trey Lance from day one. You know, like, it's sort of a weird double-edged sword that the 49ers have going. But regardless of who the quarterback is or if he if he really does run this goofy dual quarterback system, the time for losing is over, Kyle. It is time to win now, and I think he's going to do it. But I agree that he has a high bar to meet this year.
2: I want to see that happen. Prove me right or wrong, Kyle Shanahan. Prove stats right. Stats is believing you. More than anybody. Yep. And and there are a lot of Niners fans who have gone to bad for him. There are a lot of Niners fans who go to bad for Jimmy Garoppolo still. It's it's time. I mean, the, people love to talk about the Cowboys dry spell. The Niners dry spell is arguably more embarrassing. Um, and so.
1: what In what universe is it more embarrassing when your team hasn't been to an NFC championship game since 1995 and my team's been to two Super Bowls since 2012? So they've lost them
2: both, and what I would say about that is the the Cowboys at the last, and again, like ultimately, you're probably going to be like that proves my point. But the Niners were this, no pun intended, gold standard. I remember reading on different blogs at the time in 2012 how upset Niners fans were after Super Bowl 47 because it was like we were five and zero yep. in these things before this game, and now you've tarnished that. All right, Jim, you messed this up. We were a perfect. <laughs> 5-0, and oh. and then it was, okay, we, we're we back, we're going to make amends, we're going to get back to the winning ways, and you're now 5-2. and two. And that is, I think, an important thing to highlight. So, you know, the Niners have been this gold standard at different times in NFL history, and being just really good is disappointing for that franchise. And so I'm ready to see that be glossed up, and that's what Kyle Shanahan was supposed to do.
1: Yeah, they've been really good. The Cowboys have not even gotten to that level. So yeah,
2: but we all know the Cowboys are disaster. Like I can't be hurt by this stats. I'm,
1: you know, I mean, in what universe can you say that a team's dry spell that's made two super Bowls since their last championship is more embarrassing than a team that can't even get to play for a chance to get Jimmy to Garoppolo has
2: only played for one of these teams. And so I think that that is the trump card when it comes to <laughs> levels of
1: embarrassment. All right, let's move on. Now I'm going back to the AFC. I want to see the Cleveland Browns deal with something they haven't had to deal with In a very long time, RJ. And that's success. Like, everything was gravy for the Browns last year. It was all about just get to the playoffs. Can they actually do it? Can they get to the playoffs after years of losing? And losing badly. And they did, and it was great. And Baker, their guy, their homegrown guy that they picked, they finally worked out. Everything was awesome. And it should have been. That's exactly how that season should have been handled. But now it's different. Because now you're expected to be in the hunt for the playoffs. You're expected to get back to that playoffs. And now it's going to be about once you get there, how far do you go in those playoffs? And Cleveland hasn't had to deal with that since the frigging 80s, since Marty Schottenheimer was the head coach there. So no one in that building has any idea how to deal with success. And that is a real thing. You know, when you're winning... Like you were talking about earlier, you get other teams' best shots. Maybe you have more off-the-field distractions with endorsements and business opportunities and all sorts of stuff that does not come your way when you're getting your ass kicked every Sunday. Well, all that stuff's in Cleveland right now, and let's see what they do with it.
2: I think another point within this, and this isn't necessarily like a Cleveland-specific thing like your entire point is based on, but this is an important year for the Browns because if it isn't successful – are they out on Baker Mayfield? Yeah. You know what I mean, like, like, you know, you are, I don't say flirting, like, you know, there's, there's, you know, you still have to kind of figure this out, but I mean, if this doesn't go your way, that could dramatically alter the future timeline of your organization. And so I'm with you. I would like to see, or I'm, I'm excited to see rather the Browns play from the top play, play with a bigger, you know, uh, stack of chips, so to speak to, to be able to be the big blind, right? Like, you know, cause when you're the big blind and it rolls through, you're like, well, there goes everything I've got just cause you know, I don't have a lot to kind of stand on. So um, that's interesting. Big year for Baker Mayfield, big year for Nick Chubb got paid Proved prove that running backs do matter to a certain degree. Kevin Stefanski, big year, Prove that you are the coach. I know you won coach of the year and everything, and that's great, but double down on it. Make sure that everybody realizes this is an era that's going to last for some time. Um, So I have four on the board. You have three. Do you want to get even, or do you want me to go next?
1: I'll go again. I'll even up. Let's stay in the AFC. I am looking forward to the Patriots actually having a competent quarterback and people pushing back on this narrative that somehow Tom Brady proved he was more responsible for their success because he got to hand pick his team last year and won the Super Bowl. Well, I think when you get a quarterback in New England that's going to throw actual, I don't know, double digit touchdown passes, which Cam Newton could not do last year, all of a sudden Bill Belichick's going to look a hell of a lot smarter as a head coach. Like, I think all of a sudden people are going to be like, oh, I guess Bill Belichick can coach after all. And I'm just looking forward to it because I thought it was a stupid narrative
2: last season. I also think within that different sort of thing, I'm looking forward to Mac Jones, assuming he is really good proving a lot of people wrong. And this includes myself when it was heavily rumored that that's who San Francisco traded up to get at number three. Everybody's like, you traded up to three to take Mac Jones. You know what I mean? Like, and if he proves himself, like I, I have to wonder whether you're worried about that or not. Like personally, whether if he's awesome, that might be a situation of like, man, like, Maybe we maybe the memes talked Kyle Shanahan out of it type thing. I mean, I'm I'm joking, but um that is exciting <laughs> to think about. Um and it's you're right, like it's exciting to see Bill Belichick with some time to kind of get his bearings. Uh it's exciting that we're gonna get to see Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady specifically, especially like you know, when people say that it's like, oh man, you know, we're gonna see I I mean, I don't know, like Whatever revenge game. It's like, well, this is actually Bill Belichick is a defensive master. Like this is actually Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady. It's not, you know, one quarterback versus another that people hype up. This is this sort of match. um So I'm very, very, very excited for that. Very. Ex- I, it's weird because you're right. Like, or I've said this to you before, but we've both kind of turned into Patriots fans. That's yeah, it's an uncomfortable place to be at right now.
1: I don't like that I'm looking forward to this, but I can't help it. I am. Mm. Do you want to hear my fifth and last one? Yes, I do. I
2: am looking forward to the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. All right, This is something that has been hyped about for five years. This was the reason that the NFL sent the Rams back to Los Angeles, that Jerry Jones was so involved, was to get NFL Network headquarters at this big, glitzy, glamorous stadium to have the NFL have a presence on the West Coast, and they've already obviously got a presence in New York City, so a presence now in Los Angeles, the second biggest media market in the country. I mean, like, this, this is what it was for. So this better be epic. I mean, and this was purposefully delayed by NBC. I don't know that uh, we have a lot of people who track this kind of stuff, but I, I know you know stats. This past Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55, was supposed to be in Los Angeles, was supposed to be NBC on the call. However, the stadium in L.A. was not ready on time, so they swapped it with Tampa Bay. So I Tampa had it last year. So NBC and CBS, who was supposed to have it this year, As part of the normal rotation swapped, which is why CBS had it twice in three years. So NBC's waited a little bit of time to get this particular Super Bowl. And last year, again, they were supposed to have it with the Olympics that also got delayed. So this is a big like NBC year. Like to have the Olympics, to have the Super Bowl. It's allegedly going to be Al Michaels' last Super Bowl. It's in LA. He's an LA guy. He loves to, you know, talk about the LA lifestyle. Like, this we've been building towards this for a very, very, very long time. So this better be epic because the league has really made it seem like it's
1: going to be. Everything you said makes sense. My only question would be, what, what are they going to do that's going to be so radically different? Is the field going to be floating in midair like they're going to have a Super Bowl? There'll be a musical act at the beginning. There'll be one at halftime. They'll play the game. There'll be fireworks. Like, what can they do? That's why, like, I don't get too excited about any particular Super Bowl because they're all kind of cookie cutter.
2: I agree with that. My point, though, is not you, Stats, but you, NFL, you made it. You told us, like, this is big for the league. So I don't I don't have that answer, but it's not my job to have that answer. My point <laughs> is we need to get an answer as to what why we did all this, why we watched three different documentary series on the Los Angeles Rams being in L.A. and made the big old puns and jokes and everything and blah, blah, L.A., blah, blah. We need to see the payoff. That's what I want to see
1: totally understandable and I look I hope you're right like again I want the NFL to be big and successful and and more interesting and that certainly would be interesting so I hope that it does come to pass my last one is something that we're going to get to see uh for multiple times next year and that is the Peyton Manning Eli Manning alternate Monday night football broadcast you know, Peyton Manning has been like the unicorn among broadcasters. And look, I know this having worked at NBC. I know for a fact NBC was interested in Peyton Manning and trying to get him to come at one point. Everybody has wanted Peyton Manning to try and and be part of their network. And now we're going to finally get to get going to get to see it. And I don't know if it's going to be good. You know, a lot of really famous NFL people were horrible in the booth. Bill Walsh was one of them. Not good as an analyst it's a different job it's not just about how much football you know it's about how much football you know that you can quickly dispense to an audience where they can understand it and we don't know that peyton manning can do that maybe he can but i want to see it there's nobody else in the booth i had heard that they had auditioned mina kimes and kyle brant as potential like third i don't want to say third wheel third Host there for that broadcast. They decided to go with no one. So it's the Manning show. And we've been hearing a lot about Peyton. And so let's see. Let me see what is going to be so good and so revolutionary here that Peyton Manning was chased down by all these networks for so long.
2: Yeah. And I think within that, Eli, like it's a big deal, right? Like Peyton and Eli get to work together, you know. Um, they're they're obviously both media savvy, they're both super famous, they both have two super bowls, blah blah. Okay, this. This better be epic. I mean, and it's a risk. Like, look, I think Tony Romo gets overhyped as a broadcaster. He does. a, A shocker, I think, for a Cowboys fan to say. I've said that before. But in an unfortunate way, he's also, like, made the game difficult for anybody else. Like, any other future commentator. Like, if I was Drew Brees, I'd be weary of myself. You know what I mean? Like, just, you know, because everyone thinks you're trying to be Tony Romo. So don't try to be Tony Romo. Just be Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? Just teach us. Just be funny. Just be goofy. Just bag on Eli. That's what we want to see.
1: Yeah. But like, again, I don't want him to just be bagging on Eli every single week. Like, yeah, I get it. There's two brothers. Like I don't buy into the Manning brothers as like this funny, the funniest, most hilarious duo that you could never get tired of. It's like, yeah, they're brothers. I have an older brother too. You know what? Sometimes we make fun of each other. Not really that revolutionary, you know, like it's not exactly this thing that no one's ever heard of before. But again, they both do have a ton of knowledge. And so they could potentially teach us a lot. And that's what the angle that I hope that they take, because I like learning stuff as a football fan and as a viewer. So you're Eli in
2: your relationship with your brother, because you're the little brother.
1: I mean, I guess if you strictly speaking, if you're just going to re- equate it to nothing but birthdays, then yes, right. I'm the younger brother. No? Younger is the proper term, by the way.
2: Congratulations. Stats or Eli stats. Eli, Eli Guerrero. There we go.
1: I don't like any of those, so I'm ending the show. If you haven't done it already, follow the SB Nation NFL show. If you leave us a rating and a review, no matter what your question is, by law, I don't know if you know this, RJ, by law, we have to answer it. That's true. We are
2: bound by law and bound by our creed to uh, the SB Nation universe. So if we don't answer it, they make us um, recite the pledge of answering podcast reviews that we all swore an oath to.
1: Wow, you took that to a weird place. (laughs) Enjoy your Thursday, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.